Claire Gott on Weight Loss, Episode 91, Alternative Health Tools Podcast. And this episode is subtitled, How to Lose Weight in a Healthy, Sustainable Way Without Another Diet or Feeling Deprived. Welcome to Alternative Health Tools and today I am with the lovely Claire Gott who's a nutritionist and we're talking about weight loss today. Welcome Claire. Thank you. And just to give us a bit of a background as to what you do and why we're talking about weight loss today, would you like to introduce yourself? Yes, I'm Claire and I'm a nutritionist and I work in doctor surgeries, helping people to lose weight among other things. I also have private clients that I help to lose weight and I have an online program where I teach people about weight loss and other health things. So we're definitely talking to the right person today if we want to learn how to lose weight effectively. Hopefully. Um, <laughs> and some of the, the topics that we're going to cover today is, you know, what, what are the best ways to lose weight? What types of diets are out there? Are they good for us? Are they bad for us? Should we be eating fruit? Um, you know, what, what about all the different macro and mi micronutrients that we can get from foods? And, and let's explore those in some more detail today, shall we? That's fine. So when we think about, you know, losing weight, you know, certainly I in the past have thought, well, okay, so which diet should I go on? Do I need to reduce my calories because my clothes are getting a bit tight on me and I'm going on holiday in a few weeks time? So should we just talk about different diets to start with and which ones are out there and the benefits and the cons of all of them? Sure. Um, I think when, when people Google weight loss or they hear about a weight loss plan, they think that's for me. Yeah, there's all sorts of things out there. There's organizations you can join where you go to a weekly weigh-in, such as Weight Watchers. There are, you can go on a low-fat high-carb diet and count your calories, count your points, count your sins. There's all sorts of ways of losing weight. But the benefit of the way I'm going to teach you to lose weight is that you actually become healthy. And being healthy is the most important thing. Fitting into your skinny jeans and looking great and thinking, I look really cool is all right. But you've got to think about what's going on internally. And that's what I teach. I try to teach people the best way to lose weight, the most, the quickest way to lose weight and the healthiest way to lose weight. And that's really important now what you've just said, you know, it's, it's about your health markers, isn't it? Because I was, I was really slim when I was in my early twenties, but that didn't stop me from getting chronic fatigue syndrome. So I thought, cause I was slim, I didn't need to lose weight. Mm -hmm. And then there's been periods in my life where I've wanted to lose a bit of weight because clothes are getting tight and I'm going on holiday. And quite often I was in the mindset and, you know, a lot of people I talk to are in the mindset of, oh, I need to lose weight now because I've got something coming up or it's January and I want to lose a pound from Christmas or I'm getting ready for my summer holidays. I want to look good in, in, you know, in my swimsuit on the beach. And I certainly had the wrong mindset towards losing weight. I was thinking it was for looking good, but what you're actually saying, it's about, you know, being good on the inside as well as not just looking good from the outside because that determines how healthy we are and I guess our longevity, doesn't it? Absolutely. And it's it's so important to 
maintain your weight because it's no good going up and down. A holiday comes along and you want to lose weight and then you put it all back on again because it's Thanksgiving or Christmas. It's it's really important to be a stable weight. And I want to teach you, I want to show you, it's not new, but the best way to create a lifestyle for yourselves. There's no point going on a calorie restricted diet and being starving and counting points because that's never going to last. Some people that come to me in my surgery say, well, I'm going to Weight Watchers or some organization. I know how to lose weight. I'm taking these tablets that the doctor gave me. And I say to them, right, if that's what you want to do, go away, do all those things, but come back to me when you're finished and you want to maintain. Because what I like to teach is a lifestyle. You've got to be eating the right foods that you will always want to eat. So your weight's not going up and down because what that does is just stress your organs, stress your liver, stress your pancreas, stresses your body. And you don't want to be doing that. You want to be thinking all the time, well, I'm going to be healthy inside. Of course, you're going to put on a little bit of weight if you go on holiday because you're going to eat off plan. You might put more weight on at Christmas. But at the end of the day, what you want to do is try and only be three or four kilos more than you should be. So, or, or under, you just, you don't want to fluctuate too much because that's not good for your body. So what we're talking here is more of a lifestyle change rather than a diet. Exactly. And I, I, when people go, come and they say, oh, I love the diet you've put me on, Claire. I always stop them and I say, you mean the way of life? Because I know that sounds a bit corny, but it is a way of life. And that's what you should be trying to find something that you can live with. Never eat something you don't like. Somebody comes and says, oh, I don't like celery. I don't like broccoli. Don't eat it then. Only eat what you like and find a way that you can always want to choose those good foods. And I can certainly relate to that because when I think about when I did want to lose weight in my younger years and thinking about going on a diet, I just felt deprived because I thought, well, so long as I get to my target weight, then I can start eating normally again. And normally in inverted commas, because it, you just put the weight back on again, don't you? And probably some more. And I always felt deprived when I was on a diet. And yeah, you know, I'm a massive advocate of the way, you know, Claire um, coaches for weight loss. And I follow, follow the plan um, myself, which we'll talk a little bit more about. And I've never, ever felt deprived on this plan because it is a lifestyle change and I know I have choices now and the weight just takes care of itself when you're living that lifestyle. It does. You're quite right, Lisa. That's exactly what happens. And when people come to the surgery and say, the best thing about this is I think I can live with it forever. And you can, you can. It's a rich diet. It's a healthy diet. And your weight just doesn't go up and down and you find that you feel better than you've ever felt before. So without further ado, I think we're teasing everybody saying this is going to be an amazing lifestyle change that you can stick to. Shall we get into more of the detail Mm. in terms of what, you know, this lifestyle looks like? What should they be eating, etc.? It's nothing, I mean, this is like I say, nothing revolutionary. It's all about keeping your carbohydrates as low as you possibly can. It's you'll, some of you will have heard of the ketogenic diet. Some of you will have heard of the Atkins diet. Some, some, some of you will have heard of this way of eating, but it's really important that the simple, simple rules are you keep your carbohydrates really low. So you don't have pasta. You don't have rice. You don't have bread. You don't have cereals. You don't have loads of fruit. You you keep your carbohydrates at a very low level. 
but you have rich food. So the diet or the diet, I'm saying the diet, I mean the way of life would mean that you have lots of fats, lots of healthy fats, and you keep your fats really high. Fats are very satiating. So it's very important to have fats, protein, vegetables, but very little else to, we don't need beige foods to put on our plate to fill us up. And there's been a lot of research, hasn't there, in America over the last kind of 30 years. And I was, I was reading a book the other day, and he he's basically um, a doctor turned into a functional doctor, uh, Robert Lustwick. And he was talking about how, you know, it's not working out there. We, we started this low-fat, high-carb diet, and actually, you know, we're... We've got more people overweight, more people with lots of diseases from high cholesterol to diabetes, even children with diabetes now. And that was unheard of 30, 40 years ago. Um, so if there's anyone out there thinking, well, low carb diet, that's what we've been told. Well, this is where all the research has been done. And, and this is, you know, what we're saying now is, is low carb. It is the way forward. So. It is the way forward. And there's so much evidence out there to say that this is the way forward and this is making people healthier. And um, as a result, slimmer. As a win, result, win. slimmer. Yeah, exactly. So not only do you get your weight loss and look mm-hmm. fantastic in those jeans, you also get, you know, a healthy you back, I mm-hmm. guess. Mm-hmm. And what we'll do is talk to you really about what your day would look like a little bit later on so that you know exactly what you're eating. And those of you who want to count macros, we'll talk about the sort of macros that you would have during the day because some people like to put into a, a, an app. So um, we'll talk about exactly what you should be eating. So when, you know, we talk about uh, have, yeah, certainly in the UK, it's like have your five fruit a day. What's your view on fruit? My view on fruit is that actually in the the UK, we now recommend 10 fruits and vegetables a day. So people come to me and they say, I say, what do you eat? And they said, well, I have all my fruits and vegetables. I start off with a banana in the morning and then I have an apple at lunchtime. And then I have a couple of fruits in the afternoon. And I'm quite horrified about how many fruits people are eating. Mm -hmm. Berries, strawberries, raspberries, and blueberries are very low in carbs and very low in sugar. And a moderate amount of those per day is fine. Any other fruits should be treated like a sweet or um, chocolate. It's something that you have in moderation. Apples, oranges, melons, bananas, papaya, grapes, all of those sweet fruits are, are consist of half fructose and half glucose. Our bodies can't even metabolize fructose. Fructose, so the half of that fruit, goes immediately to our livers. They sit in our liver for a while. And if you're going to run a marathon, fine, our body would use them. But most of us don't run marathons. In fact, we don't do anything like enough exercise to burn off that fructose. So what the fructose does is sits in our livers for 24, between 24 and 48 hours. And then the fructose gets converted into fat. So the amount of fruit we are now eating is actually quite dangerous because we are accumulating too much fat in the liver. It's then distributed to the cells. So it sort of makes us fatter. So people need to think of fruit as a treat. I always say to the people, your body doesn't know if you're consuming a bowl full of jelly babies or a bowl full of melon or a bowl full of grapes, a little bit of fiber in the fruit. But apart from that, the body reacts in exactly the same way. Blood sugar rises, pancreas secretes insulin, insulin comes up and takes that fruit or fruit sugar away. So we need to be very, very wary of fruit. 
So actually eating a banana is just as bad for us as eating a chocolate bar in some respects. Exactly. Everyone says, oh, well, there's an awful lot of potassium in banana. Well, there is. There's some potassium in banana, but actually, actually, there's more potassium in avocado and there's more potassium in a head of broccoli than there is in a banana. So if you're eating a lot of fruit out there, then hopefully, hopefully <laughs> you'll something today. Yeah. And there's another thing that you touched on there. You talked about the fiber in the fruit. So if people are now thinking, well, hang on a minute, I need my fiber because, you know, it helps me go to the toilet regularly. Um, it, it works for me. So everything for everyone in, in moderation. And this works for me. So there's no point in me changing. What, what would you, what would be your view on how to get your fiber? if you're not eating pears and fruits like that, that people think is helping them? Good question. Um, fiber, there's more fiber in vegetables than anything else. So if you're eating a lot of green vegetables, mainly green vegetables, or really I'd say vegetables that grow above the ground, that's my rule. If the vegetable grows above the ground, have them in abundance. If you're eating enough vegetables, then you should be getting enough fiber. Sometimes at the beginning when people change, they do get constipation and they do do need a little help. Therefore, I say some chia seeds, some flax seeds, magnesium, 500 milligrams of magnesium, that sort of thing. There are ways that we can help with fiber. But generally speaking, if you're having enough vegetables, you should be having enough fiber. And of course, lots of water during the day. Not an excessive amount, just drinking to thirst. So when we talk about vegetables... You know, there's so many vegetables out there. And again, it's probably going to be similar to fruits, isn't it? So there's going to be some fruits that are better for us than others. And there's some vegetables that are better for us than others. Shall we talk a little bit about vegetables and yeah. what we should and shouldn't be yes, eating? Yes, of course. Vegetables, are, like I say, the rule is if the vegetable grows above the ground, it's fine. If the vegetable grows below the ground, you need to be a lot more wary of it. So even carrots, people say, well, can't have carrots. Well, you can have carrots. You can have a bit of shredded carrot on top of your salad or in your full fat coleslaw. But generally speaking, if the vegetable grows above the ground, it's fine. Any of the root vegetables you need to be very wary of and not introduce them until if you were at your perfect weight and you were perfect health, then I would say, yeah, have some potatoes now and again, have some parsnips now and again, or whatever you want to have, but don't make it a habit. Don't make it the staple of your dinner. Make sure that you're having the cauliflower and the broccoli and the sprouts and and vegetables like that. The rule, the, the, also, I, I did say that any vegetable that grows above the ground is okay. Be very wary of sweet corn and peas because sweet corn and peas are very sweet. If you taste something and it's sweet, generally speaking, it's going to spike your glucose levels. So be careful of those two fruits and obviously carrots. Big pile of mashed carrots is going to be like eating a big pile of jelly babies. And I used to eat all of those foods when I was younger, you know, grandparents growing up it was meat potatoes and vegetables and it was mm. carrots mashed potatoes mm. peas mm. sweet corn and you look back and you think gosh you know what was that doing to my health and no wonder I ended up getting ill mm -hmm. and thankfully I kind of stumbled across this way of life so I guess moving on then if we're not eating some of those vegetables we're not eating some of those fruits we're telling people to cut out rice pasta Quite often I get asked, well, gosh, what can I eat then? There's nothing left to eat. So what would they eat if they're lowering their carbs? Well, a typical day would be something like um, 
poached eggs, an omelette, a cheese omelette, ham and cheese omelette, vegetable omelette, um, scrambled eggs and salmon, bacon. I mean, uh, bacon, even though it's got nitrites and nitrates in it, it's it's not anything like as harmful as the carbohydrates to the body. So a good fry up, bacon, egg, sausage, mushroom, tomato, no bread, of course, that would be a perfect start to the day. Just maybe some cheese and some ham and some nuts. That's a perfect breakfast. Then Nobody should be eating more than three times a day. There's no, we do not need snacks. We do not need to be constantly like six meals a day, five meals a day. Three meals is your absolute maximum. Two is preferable. So then you come to lunch, you might have some chicken, hard-boiled eggs, nuts, salmon, ham, bit of full-fat coleslaw, cherry tomatoes, sugar snap peas, that sort of thing, sort of a Tupperware full of nice, good proteins and fats. Then for dinner, you might have a steak with some sauce made of cheese and fresh cream or some cream cheese. You might have a beef stew with tomatoes and lots of vegetables in. You don't have to have meat. You can always have be having paneer cheese and vegetable curry, that sort of thing. And then always finish the de- finish your meal off. You might have a couple of squares of dark chocolate. Dark chocolate is fine, 70%, 85%. Very good for us, lots of polyphenols and antioxidants in. So really healthy for us. So you might finish off your dinner with a couple of squares of dark chocolate, maybe a few cubes of cheese, glasses of wine, a couple of glasses of red wine or white wine. All of those things, that that sounds like a very rich meal, a rich day. You could also have some strawberries and cream for your evening pudding. So there's lots and lots of different choices about what it you can It sounds have. very varied and like you say, a very rich diet. Mm-hmm. And actually, that's not deprivation at all, is it? Not at all, because most people think, oh, well, I can't have cheese. I must avoid cheese. It's going to give me, oh, it's going to make me ill. It's going to make me fat. Cheese is not the enemy. Cheese is great. If you're not intolerant to dairy, cheese cheese and Greek yogurt, they're all great sources of protein and fat. And we need fat in our bodies. We need it for our skin and our hair and our nails. And we need the protein, of course, for building muscle. So it's not... Uh, horrible diet at all it's a nice rich healthy diet so talking about you've touched on fat there you know there's probably a lot of people that think fat equals cholesterol oh my gosh my cholesterol is really high I can't possibly do that because it's going to send my cholesterol even more skyrocket what's your view on fat and cholesterol Fat does not cause cholesterol, at least it's quite right. Fat does definitely not cause cholesterol. And even it's even filtering through to the doctors now that there's been so much evidence out there to say that fat doesn't cause cholesterol. What does cause cholesterol is inflammation in the body. Now, inflammation in the body is only caused by carbohydrates. Take away the carbohydrates and the body doesn't become inflamed. And that's what causes high cholesterol. So, Our sort of standard American diet, our Western diet, is we are eating too many processed foods. We're eating too many foods that contain fat and carbohydrates. That's where the danger lies. If we start having fat and carbohydrates, for example, a cheese sandwich, you've got a lot of carbohydrate there and you've got a lot of fat there. The two of those things will cause huge inflammation. That will cause a cholesterol rise or a day. When I say cholesterol rise, it's not really about measuring cholesterol. It's about your triglyceride levels. That's the fat in your blood. So a Western diet where we've got too many carbs and too much fat together is the most dangerous thing that we could be consuming. 
And and that mixture of fat to carbs is what, you know, t- makes the food taste so good. It so is. all the biscuit manufacturers, they get the mix of fat to carbs so balanced that but- we then crave them because we we kind of have that illusion that they taste amazing and that's why we have the cravings because of the yeah. balance of the mix, yeah. isn't it? That's true. And, and carbohydrates are addictive. They are definitely addictive. Whenever you have a carbohydrate, you have a rise in blood sugars and then a drop. That drop, you feel a bit wobbly. You feel a bit, oh my goodness, I need a pickup. I need some more carbohydrates. But it's that rise and fall of sugars and insulin that causes those cravings. Take away the rise and fall of your insulin and your sugars the cravings will go. Trust me, it takes about five days for the cravings to diminish massively. The first few days will be terrible. But once you've taken away those carbohydrates, you feel much more in control and not, uh, it's a bit like a drug addict. Carbohydrates are as addictive as drugs are and smoking and as alcohol is. They send uh, the signals to the brain really, really are very powerful and they are exactly the same as when you take drugs, when you smoke, when you take alcohol. So you really need to kill those addictions. They, they are real, aren't they? You know, that addiction to sugar and like you say, carbohydrates, which kind of translates through to glucose in the body. It is an addiction. And there's actually been tests, hasn't there? And you know, they've actually scanned people's brains mm. to show what lights up in the brain mm. when we eat sugar and the areas they just illuminate. So it's that satisfaction when we get that that kind of sugar hit and they're actually saying that it's more addictive than cocaine it is more addictive than cocaine and i think the satisfaction you get from eating carbohydrates sugar and all the all the trash that we would tend to eat the satisfaction you get there is very very um it's just a, a few minutes and then you want more you're never really satisfied for very long it doesn't it it doesn't do you any good at all? And the satisfaction you get from eating properly and being in control and being your correct weight, that satisfaction is sort of long lived. And that's the, that's what you need to get to. There's some, there's a say, well, people say, um, you are, no, not what you are, what you eat. What am I thinking about? Um, oh, I was going to give you a quote then and it's completely slipped my mind. It might come back to me, but you really need to stop having those highs and lows that a drug addict would have and you need to eat properly yeah and that's that's what I noticed when I changed exactly as you say Claire initially I felt like I was having withdrawal symptoms you know I had a little bit of a headache because I was you know withdrawing from carbs and you know what what would you say to someone who wants to try this and then they might get some withdrawal symptoms so they might experience fatigue they might experience headaches if they're going to try this, what what would you advise them to do in that situation? Um, I th- I always say to people, if you experience those symptoms that Lisa said, a bit of a headache, feeling really lethargic, cold, so, so so it's a bit like having flu. If you experience those feelings, I would say that's great because it means that your body is really detoxing and you've probably been on the carbs too long. So don't see it as a negative thing. It's a positive thing. So I think it's good to have those feelings. When you do feel like that, it's salt that you're lacking because when you take out the carbohydrates out of your diet, your body excretes a lot of water. That's like being dehydrated. So you actually lose a lot of salt, you lose electrolytes, you lose potassium, you lose magnesium. So when you're feeling like that, I would say get a good 
electrolyte supplements. You can get them on Amazon. You can get them from your health food store. But get a good electrolyte supplement and make sure that your salt levels are up. If you're still experiencing those feelings, you can take 500 milligrams of magnesium. That will also help you. And if you're feeling low and you've already taken your salt tablets, just put a teaspoon of salt in some water, mix it up and drink it. And if you're worried about getting high blood pressure from too much salt, trust me, you won't. High blood pressure comes once again from inflammation in your body, which is coming from the carbohydrates. So don't worry about, we've all been sort of conditioned to think we shouldn't be having salt. We must reduce our salt. The salt comes from the carbohydrates. Mm. So don't worry about having too much salt. And especially when you look at a lot of processed food, they've got a lot of salt in them, haven't they? They And that's why we're just, when we eat processed food, we're eating all the wrong things. Absolutely. And and it's not just, it's not just the processed food. In a nice whole grain piece of bread, they have, it's got too much salt in. Mm. Pasta, potatoes, rice, it's, they've all got too much salt in. So cut those out and your body needs salt. And, And I have to say that having too little salt is far more dangerous than having too much salt. Fantastic. And following on from, you know, the talk about reducing the carbs and increasing the fats, and we've talked about, you know, the myth of fat to cholesterol relationship. What's your thoughts on, okay, so is this now like the Atkins diet? And what's the difference between this way of life, this lifestyle change that you've just described, and we gave people examples of what to eat for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, How's this different to the Atkins diet? And didn't he die? He did die. He did die. But actually, contrary to belief, he didn't die of a heart attack. He died by slipping on some ice and banging his head. And Robert Atkins did a lot of good and people lost an awful lot of weight on his diet. Now, the difference between his diet and the way of life that I'm describing is that there was far too much meat. So a typical breakfast for the Atkins diet would be bacon, sausage, egg, some black pudding, some lots of different meats, some ham, some maybe a piece of steak. It would be an overload of protein. So he, he would, he would say that lots and lots of protein, lots of fat and very, very few vegetables. Now, the way I'm describing is you need to have your fiber. You need to have your nutrients. Therefore, your vegetable, your, your plate should be half full of vegetables at least. So he would say that there was the, the protein load that Atkins would recommend was too high. And what I don't think we knew in those days was that an excess of protein, if your body, if your body has too much protein, it converts it into glucose. So that's the difference. It was an excess of protein and not enough vegetables. So, but let me say it was good and it was very healthy. And the other thing to note, with, with, you know, what you're talking about here about having your half a plate full of vegetables, you know, vegetables and nutrients from the vegetables, some of them are fat soluble, aren't they? So if you don't have your fats, you're not going to be able to absorb your vitamins no, and your no. minerals f- from your vegetables. So it's really important to have that balance of fats Absolutely. to the vegetables, and isn't that, and it? She, and you're quite right. Uh, if we don't have the fats, we can't take the nutrients from some vegetables. And that's really important because this new way of eating is low fat, low fat yogurts, all these awful low fat products that we are starting to buy are no good for us because we're not getting enough fat 
that our body needs. And what happens when they take the fat out of these low-fat well, products? When they take the fat over these... I mean, I've seen them take the fat out of um, butter, butter or whatever you call these awful products that Benacol and all these things that are supposed to lower our cholesterol, these fake butters, fake yogurts. When they take the fat out, what do they put in to make it taste like? proper butter or proper yogurt. They put emulsifiers in, they put chemicals in, they put sweeteners in, and we end up with a product that's nothing like, it might taste slightly like the original product, but it's really unhealthy because it's got far too many additives, chemicals, sweeteners, and rubbish. So don't ever, if you take anything away from this, don't ever touch a low-fat product. And that that is a really key point there. I think we trust, don't we, these companies so much we walk into a supermarket we pick something up off the shelf and I never ever ever used to read the label or think what is in this product I just used to think because it was in the supermarket it must be okay for me but like you say you know when they take stuff out they have to put other stuff in and sometimes they're really harmful to our bodies aren't they which comes back to what we were talking about earlier it's not just about weight loss it's about overall health isn't it and what we're doing to our bodies and questioning, you know, what is on this label? Can you actually read some of these words? Because the more that's on that label that you can't read, then it's probably not going to be very good for us. Exactly. If it's got more than about three ingredients, don't touch it. And if you don't understand anything that's on the label, put it back. You should be really eating everything that you can it, that comes in bags or bags of you know, brown bags, the vegetables. You shouldn't be eating as many products from tubs or jars particularly if I've got a lot of ingredients that's really really useful advice there so thinking about if we are going to reduce our carbs if somebody out there wanted to and you know we don't we don't always say to measure it but if, if somebody was thinking well what does that look like how many carbs should I be having a day in grams what would you typically advise your clients or your patients Claire I would say a low car- a low carb diet, which I would want I would want everybody to get to, is about fifty grams a day spread over the day. If you want real health benefits and to be- go that one step further to lose more weight to become healthy really quickly, I would say no more than thirty grams a day. But the rule is, really, never eat more than ten grams of the, uh, ten grams of carbs with any meal. So, so, so one meal would only have 10 grams of carbs in. So if you're only eating two meals, that's actually only 20 grams of carbs a day. So anything around about 30 or less is what we would call a ketogenic diet. But that ketogenic diet just means a very low carb diet, very, very healthy for you. Um, you can go up to 50 grams. When you're at your goal weight or your goal health, and then you might be able to add some more carbs. Some people can tolerate 75 grams of carbs. But certainly to begin with, I would keep it down lower than 50, preferably about 30. Fantastic. Great advice. Thank you. And in terms of, of weight loss itself, so we've talked about, you know, what types of foods to eat, what types of foods to avoid, um, how that has an impact on our health. What other benefits are there to weight loss other than, you know, I used to think, well, if I lose weight, I look good. I didn't, you know, ever think about what was going on internally until I got ill. So what are the other benefits of weight loss that people can expect to experience when they start losing weight? 
Well, they'll certainly feel more energetic. There's there's huge benefits in eating low carb for, for energy levels. Therefore, they'll want to exercise more. So when you get that feeling of, wow, I feel great, you want to exercise more. Um, arthritis in the knees, that's caused by inflammation in the body as well. I say knees, arthritis in any part of your body. The arthritis causes, the arthritis is inflammation. Inflammation is reduced by a low carbohydrate diet. So they, you know, one of the things that people say to me when they come back after they've been doing this for about six weeks, they come back and they go, I can't believe that my knees feel really good. Or there might, or might be acid reflux. A lot of people have IBS and have a lot of acid reflux. They take Rennie's or whatever, Gaviscon or whatever that product is for their acid reflux. That disappears too, because that's actually caused by inflammation as well. You'd be amazed how many sort of general issues are caused by inflammation. Alzheimer's dementia, they're all caused by bodies being inflamed and stressed. So the benefits are enormous. Lots and lots of health benefits there. I mean, you've listed lots, but there's so many more. We could probably do a whole podcast on we could. the benefits of getting healthy. Picking up on something you said there, Claire, is, you know, when we lose weight, we might want to do more exercise. And this whole kind of idea of we lose weight if we eat less and move more, so less calories in and more exercise. What's your view on that statement? My view is, of course, exercise is good for us. It makes us feel good. It's good for our joints. It's good for our heart health. But actually, it's not the be all and end all. And I think the first, if you, you're, you've decided to become healthier, you've decided to lose weight, don't feel you've got to go pounding around the block or going to the gym, joining a gym. Exercise is a very, very small part of our overall health. Um, 85% is what you put in your mouth. 5% is exercise and 10% is genetic. So that's a very, very 5% is your exercise. So you're never going to burn off thousands and thousands of calories and make yourself thin by exercise. Of course, it's going to help. And if you already exercise, that's great. If you don't, don't beat yourself up about it. Get your body in good shape and then you will suddenly feel energetic and you will want to exercise. Yeah. And and that talking about exercise, I'm thinking about athletes here and, you know, over the last few weeks I've heard, you know, the likes of Chris Froome, who's a cyclist, um, Eddie Izzard's running 28 marathons in 28 days and both of them are now converting to a low-carb diet. Yeah. And it's really interesting, isn't it, that actually top athletes now are, are thinking differently about the way they eat. They are. We used to see people, top athletes, like Wimbledon and tennis tournaments, they'd all be eating bananas in between. You don't see that anymore because athletes are beginning to realize that their, their source of fuel can be fat. Because when you're eating a high carb diet, your source of fuel is glucose. When you convert to a way of life that I'm describing, then your source of fuel becomes fat. And you have always have some fat on your body. So if you're doing a marathon or if you're doing lots and lots of exercise, your body will understand how to take that fat to use it for energy. When you're eating a carbohydrate-based diet, that that source of carbohydrate or the source of stored carbohydrate runs out very, very quickly and you reach what we call the wall. And then you will need bananas and glucose and fizzy drinks and all the other stuff that athletes used to use. But now they are beginning to realize that eating a, a high fat, low carbohydrate diet is far better for their sport. Yeah. And I was reading, um, 
a really interesting book and listened to a, a podcast actually by a leading doctor in the UK on chronic fatigue syndrome and fatigue and exercise. And one of the things she said, um, Dr. Myhill, was that actually, what is fatigue? Most people are fatigued. You know, most people don't jump out of bed in the morning and feel alive and ready for the day. You know, we reach for the coffee machine, we feel mm-hmm. sluggish. And one of the things she said is she had um, a marathon runner come to her and say, I'm fatigued. I can only run my marathon in two hours 40. Yeah. So she worked, she worked with the marathon runner and again, following this, you know, low carb diet. And she also threw in some intermittent fasting as well. She got his time down the next year to two hours 20. So to him, he was feeling fatigued as a marathon runner yet other people feel, you know, fatigued, they can't get out of bed because they've got chronic fatigue syndrome. And and her point was, is, you know, we can all have more energy. Mm. And by following this ketogenic lifestyle or a low carb lifestyle that we've talked about today, it's about releasing that extra energy, isn't it? So whether we're an athlete or whether we're just um, someone who's quite sedentary in the day, who maybe work at a desk or whatever job we do, whatever we, you know, love to do for our you know personal life as well sports having extra energy is always going to be a good thing it is it is and this will definitely give you more energy yeah fantastic claire is there anything else i mean we could talk for hours hours. there's so many things we haven't touched on and as we've been talking i've been thinking we should say that we should talk about that we should talk about that but you can contact us yeah so I guess, Claire, you know, we find you at interact at academyofhealth.co.uk. That's right. If you want to message me, that's fine. I'll get back to you. So Claire does a lot of online programs with people across the globe. There's an online learning platform that you've just launched, isn't there, Claire, on the Academy of Health. So new, exciting times for Claire coming up. So if you do want to get in touch, it's interact, I-N-T-E-R-A-C-T, at Academy of health.co.uk claire it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you today as always thank you so much for being our guest and i'll talk to you soon thank you